I have been in a relationship, yes. Um, uh, it lasted for two and a half years, um, and it was a very good, positive relationship. It was very good. And I've also had a relationship uh, with a man, and that was all part of, um, I suppose, the cover-up, um, a part of the show, um, so that, you know, you just didn't look abnormal, and it just didn't feel right. Um, everything about being with a man just felt so wrong. I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel comfortable. And I really felt that um, it was an act and it was very unfair on the man involved. So then entering a relationship with a woman, uh, I just knew that that's the way it is. That's the way I am. We did not uh, go through any sort of formal ceremony or any celebration as such. I'm not sure if we even opened a bottle of wine on the first night. We probably celebrated that we could boil the kettle the first night in the flat. Um, But what we have done and what we continue to do is we mark our anniversary each year. You know, on the the date we will go out for a meal somewhere or maybe the closest Saturday. You know, we're not that strict about it. Uh, We did something a bit more special for our 10th anniversary and we hopefully mark our 20th and 25th and so on in the same way. I don't think it even crossed our minds at the time to try and celebrate in some way. It, our relationship evolved. We, we, it didn't have this very conscious sense of a beginning the way you have in a conventional marriage. It evolved. At no stage did we know how long we might necessarily stay together. Now, once we started doing things like you know, buying a house together and so on, that was obviously an indication of uh, a much more serious degree of commitment. But that evolved as opposed to being there from the word go. I think as well, though we never discussed it very much um, or at any, in any great detail, we weren't very keen on the idea of a kind of ceremony which would have been akin to a, like a heterosexual marriage in commas ceremony. I think that there's probably there are probably different reasons for that, but I think we didn't really want to put ourselves in that kind of category either of of sort of going through the same kind of ritual because I don't think you know heterosexual society even then or now views gay relationships in the same light at all. Um, I, I don't think we felt at the time that it was appropriate to go through the same kind of commitment ceremony or the same vows and things like that, you know, where we would, in effect, have been aping the kind of institutions which, in some respects, certainly would have despised the kind of relationship we were in. I don't find being in a relationship makes being out as a lesbian more or less difficult. I think what has changed is a, is a historical change in this country, just a general movement towards greater acceptance, more liberal attitudes. And I suppose, especially since the decriminalisation of male homosexuality, just a much easier, more relaxed attitude to homosexuality generally, and more initiatives going on, more things for us to do, more places to go, etc., etc., um, I think if you're in a couple relationship, then life is easier, usually. You're, you have companionship, you have... Uh, and I think this is particularly for lesbian couples, you have your 
couple friends and you go to dinners together and you have your cats and it's kind of a lifestyle. You know? <coughs> we and don't have a cat. No, we don't have a cat, but it's a cliche, isn't it? Of, yeah. It's very difficult to meet somebody who is completely out of the closet. I suspect at some times when I'm feeling a bit negative that there must be about 20 of us uh, in the whole country, all 19 of the others whom I know and have decided I don't want to have a relationship with. Um, the pool is very small uh, of gay men who are completely out and comfortable uh, with their sexuality. Um, so that, yes, uh, you do find it very hard uh, to meet uh, to meet somebody else of like mind, I suppose, um, but somebody who also uh, has the comfort, I suppose, of being able to be out, um, maybe the financial security uh, and the other things that go with being able to accept your sexuality, your job, where you live, things like that. I'm not in a relationship at the moment, um, but about a year ago, I split up with my then partner. We'd been together for about three years. Um, my partner was from a rural area, a small village, um, worked and lived in the local area. I was working in Dublin at the time and in Wexford, commuting up and down. So in a sense, I never lived there uh, and he travelled up and down to Dublin uh, or to Wexford to be with me. Was he as open about his sexuality as, as you? No, he wasn't. And perhaps that uh, put certain strains uh, on the relationship. The fact that um, I had come some way further down the line uh, than he had. Um, but he was getting there. Um, it's, a, it's a long and it's a slow process, I think, for most people, particularly if you're a little older. Um, and maybe if you're from the country, uh, you're constantly pushing the barriers out a little further um, with neighbours, with family, uh, with friends. Um, and yes, I, I think both of us together, I suppose, yes, we're, we're, we're going down. We're going down that path. Um, the notion of being afraid to pick up a telephone in your partner's house or being afraid to answer the door if he's not there. Not afraid, but but conscious that there may be repercussions and questions asked as to who is this person or who was that person. Yes, um, that would pose a difficulty or post-mail or post-arriving for a strange man in a, in a house. Um, it, those little things do, the, the strain does tell, I suppose, after a while. Uh, you... You put it to the back of your mind, I suppose, and hope in some at some stage in the future that things will get better. And gradually, um, as society becomes more tolerant and you become more confident uh, and your partner becomes more confident uh, and more sure of your sexuality, that those times or those, those instances will become less and less. But I think for the moment I've decided that the next gay man, if I do have a relationship, uh, will have to be completely out um, just for my own comfort and, and ease of mind. This is more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I was a student at uh, Cambridge University and as a student I met Deborah who was at that time married and just at that point she described earlier of that marriage was ending and coming into a lesbian life. So we both were part of a town 
group of lesbian women um, at a time when it was neither profitable nor popular to be a lesbian. And this group of women, we would all meet and talk about oh, anything we chose. Uh, and we were a very small group. It was very difficult then. There was one tiny little place where people would meet. Um, and that was a long time ago. And then we lost touch, and I met her three and a half years ago at a party in London, and it was a very, there was just an instant click. Um, and a date followed, and um, we fell in love, very romantically. Mm, real coup de foudre stuff. Mm. It's, it's an abiding pleasure, but we've never um, had any ritual connected with it. I'm a little suspicious of them myself. One day I might walk you down the aisle, but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. The first time we met, I don't think either of us realised anything particular had happened. We were introduced by um, a mutual friend. Um, we met up again a short time afterwards and got to know each other over, what, a couple of meetings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a few meetings. Um, so it's, what, 16 years ago at this stage? When I was in a relationship uh, with this woman, um, she was much older than me. Um, I was much more closeted. Um, and the fact that she was older, she was obviously much more mature um, at a different stage in her life. She was seven years older than me. Um, so, yeah, um, it was difficult from that point of view. She wanted me to... She kind of pushed me and pressurised me and said, like, it's no big deal, I mean... You are who you are, and um, just why don't you say it? And you can't just do that. You have to arrive at a point when you feel comfortable within yourself because when you're growing up being gay, you're subjected to, you know, everything, heterosexual, um, advertisements, hoardings, everything, everything visual that you see around you is catering for a heterosexual world. So from that point of view, um, you're conditioned and then when you go to school and they're talking about the disco and meeting up with fellas at the disco, um, talking about it in the cloakrooms, while I'd be eyeing up the teachers, um, you know, the female teachers. Really coming out in Dublin uh, was very difficult. Um, the first time I tried was when I was about 18. Um, I was still in secondary school at the time. And I remember going to one of the well-known uh, gay bars at the time called The Parliament, and they had a women's disco upstairs. I was on my own, and I remember standing on the corner of the street across uh, from the nightclub and stood there for about a half an hour just plucking up the courage uh, to go in. Um, and it was very difficult on my own. So finally, when I did go in, um, it was a very dark atmosphere. Um, there were loads of women standing by the bar. And when you walk in, they basically kind of eyed you up and down, which was very disconcerting. Um, so I'd made my way up to the bar and bought a drink. Um, and it was, I just remember feeling really, really uncomfortable. So this woman came over to me and said, oh, you're a new face. And... So she said, there's another nightclub on tomorrow night and would you like to come along? So I thought I'd made good progress. Um, but I, f I came away from the parliament feeling really dreadful. 
Um, it, it wasn't my kind of scene. Um, so I went to the, the, the nightclub uh, the following night and it was exactly the same. In fact, it was worse. It was just more women. It was absolutely crowded. So after that then, I just didn't bother um, going out or making the effort to um, meet up with uh, other gay people or gay women. It was just a, an awful experience. Um, when you go into a nightclub or a bar like that, there's just an emphasis on sexuality and you're there because you are you have one thing in common and that's because of your sexuality and it's not really an ideal situation to be walking into. Um, I'm completely out to my family and my friends and to my workmates. Um, in practice, in work situations, certainly, it's not something that comes up for conversation, but then my straight workmates don't tend to talk a lot about their relationships or families either so it's not it's it's just something that doesn't come up but yes it would be known uh, certainly with family it would be discussed um, or whoever was the current boyfriend or uh, would be certainly brought home uh, and introduced and I won't say vetted uh, by the family but certainly put up for inspection and hopefully uh, approved of and I think family life uh, is particularly important I'd be very close to my parents and brothers and sisters uh, and their families uh, and I would always hope it would remain so and that any partner uh, I would have would be part and included in that extended family network. Certainly my family have always been more than friendly and welcoming towards any partners that I've had um, and would wish for me to have a, to have a partner. Um, they themselves would all be in relationships of some sort uh, and I think they'd want me to share in that too. Just uh, recently Deborah's brother wrote to me saying he felt that his family was enhanced by my arrival into it, you know, very almost formally, um, making it absolutely clear that I'm I'm part of that extended family now, and my parents treat Deborah in the same way. It's uh, There's never any question that um, she would be treated any differently from my brother's wife. She's another daughter-in-law in our family. From the point of view of, of my family, they, if they knew that I, I was gay at the time, we had never had any occasion to discuss it. I did come out... Or I, Unintentionally, I suppose, came out to my family about two years, a year and a half to two years later. I was one of the founder members of what became, eventually became UCC Gay Sock. And at the time, a group of us featured in, I think, the second ever issue of the Sunday Tribune. A group photograph, no names underneath or anything. Um, I thought afterwards, of what have I done? You know, but it was too late at that stage. I got no reaction at all at the time, um, neither at college nor from home. What I didn't know was that uh, it was found at home. One brother found it, cut out the picture, you know, consulted with my other brother. They cut the picture out of the paper, which is the one <laughs> sure way to draw attention to it to my parents. And um, it didn't come out, though, until um, I didn't do as well as I should have in my exams at the end of that year. 
because I was so tied up in things like the gay sock and so on, um, we had fairly, fairly serious words at the time. Um, my parents were not, they, they weren't very happy with, with my being gay. Um, and things were a little bit frosty for a couple of years, but they've, things are an awful lot better now. I've, they couldn't be better at this stage, I'd say. It's true. Tony's probably in a better position to talk about that than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as regards the current situation, I think we've come on light years from the uh, start. Um, I'm, I feel very much integrated into the family itself. Um, I feel that comes from all members of the family and that initial hurdle, I suppose, has been uh, gotten over. My own family uh, would probably have come to accept it, although I think like a lot of families, they don't raise the issue, but they would certainly know uh, from just the way we've been together and the fact that we do everything together pretty much that uh, we are part of a couple. But again, I think it's just like uh, for a lot of people who are brought up in a different era, um, certain things aren't talked about in any great detail. It's their way of handling things, I think. I still find myself becoming more comfortable with my sexuality. Um, I'm not sure. I think with the relationship, I don't. I, I am comfortable with the relationship and so on. But just in terms of not blushing, I mean, the first couple of people I came out to at work, I had to get myself tanked up before I got round to doing it. And I wondered afterwards, oh God, what have I done? At this stage, most people at work know. I haven't told a lot of the people who know. It's got to the stage where it's just not a big secret anymore. But I have. I find that I'm. Maybe in, not in huge steps at this stage, but I still find myself just getting more comfortable, feeling more comfortable with myself as far as my sexuality is concerned. Not wishing to say it defines all of me, but that part of me. And um, I think the relationship has helped that an awful lot. I, I'm not sure I'd be in the same secure position or comfortable position if I hadn't been with Tony. And if, you know touch wood we haven't had any disasters that I've needed to fall back on him so far anyway but the feeling that if it had happened that I would have had that I think I find the same in some respects in that the the, the process of uh, coming out is is an ongoing one really I don't think you ever well I don't feel anyway that I can never get to a point where I you know I'm 100% out I think really coming up through uh, an Irish environment which was, you know, post-legislation, post-reform and that. Uh, there's a lot of baggage you bring with you and I think it's it can be a very slow process getting rid of that. Um, and there are different steps along the way. I think, I know, just speaking on my own behalf, I would have come a long way, for example, from uh, the stage I was at when we first met and there's probably a lot more I still have to do. But... Um, I think it's uh, an ongoing process. It's not a sort of a point where you suddenly say, that's it, I've, re- I've done everything, I've, 
I'm now there. I remember walking down Grafton Street hand in hand with my then girlfriend and uh, feeling very, very out and very happy. And this was a fairly rare sight and seeing two friends come towards me and they refused to even acknowledge us. They couldn't even say, stop and say hello. It was like they would be guilty by association that they they themselves would then be revealed as lesbians if they even stopped to say hello to us. I can understand why people whose families don't know they're gay want to want to stay completely in the closet because it would be very easy to reveal yourself to some friend of the family, an auntie up for the shopping or something like that. Even in Dublin it would it's quite difficult to to be out. It's easy for me to be out because I'm not only used to it, but I have no family here to mind. I mean, not that, but I was, in fact, I was completely out in England. Both of us have a position here in in Dublin where it, where our our gay politics, our, our involvement with the gay community is very important to both of us. So, in fact. We're professional queers. We are. Really. We're professional queers. So we share this in common. It's it. Um, we're both very politicised and, and and radically minded people, and um, put a lot of energy into well, whatever, ever into the gay community newspaper. Me into um, being a member of a very publicly out music group. Um, and I think our relationship benefits from the fact that we're both so engrossed and so involved in, in, in our sense of trying to change things for the better. Um, you make your compromises. And I think... I think that there are ways that um, you pay for being out. And when you've burned your bridges... You, you, you know, you might as well get on with it and make things better for the next generation. Sometimes I get very annoyed with people's lack of understanding, but I then stop and think that these people who are against gay men or have difficulty accepting it probably don't, in fact, know any people who are gay or lesbian. They probably do know people who are gay and lesbian, but they just haven't been told about it or they're not aware of their sexuality. So it's quite understandable. And I think a lot of those attitudes arise out of lack of understanding and fear of the unknown. Um, And I think it's kind of a personal crusade. The more people who come out uh, and who are acknowledged um, as gay and lesbian and the contribution that they make to society acknowledged, Uh, I think it will be much easier for the people who come after them. But it's a slow process. Uh, It's going to take time. The change in the law, uh, decriminalising homosexual acts, certainly has made a difference. Uh, But it's only the tip, it's only the the, the start of the the start of the of the whole, uh, the whole procedure, I suppose. So much more now has to be done by individual lesbians and gay men. They have got to do their bit, stand up and be counted. 
uh, at the beginning, it was like, you know, I, I really felt I was living this double life. And there was a certain element of excitement in that, you know. Um, you were heading off and nobody knew where you were going and there was a certain kind of enigma about it. But then that kind of wears off and you just want the freedom just to express um, your affection uh, for your partner um, you know, when you meet up with them in town or you meet up with them uh, when you're going out um, socialising and it is unfair um, and, you, and then you begin to feel it then and things like, you know, uh, being asked to leave uh, certain venues because you, you express your affection. Um, it happened when I was in England. Um, I was with this woman and we went to a pub in Hammersmith and... We were holding hands. Uh, we were just sitting down away from the bar and we were holding hands and she reached over to kiss me and it just when she was doing that, um, the barman came over and asked the two of us to leave. Um, it was really, really embarrassing. Um, and, yeah, so we just got up and left. But it was a really embarrassing f- feeling. In my case, I, I feel I've um, paid in blood for the right to be out. I have a daughter um, who's now grown up but I was obliged to leave her at quite an early age because she because her father wasn't prepared to to let me have her and I think once you've made a sacrifice like that nothing else really can compare um, I'm just not prepared to have my um, my dignity as an out person compromised in any way I feel hurt by this heterosexual world um, because of the exclusion um, and the rejection. There are elements of exclusion and rejection which are always hurtful. Um, and like growing up and missing the years where you can't experiment, you can't go out and say, well, you know, I want to bring a girlfriend home or, you know, the whole social conditioning of growing up in a heterosexual world just is really oppressive and, yeah, it it does hurt. Just coming up to Christmas, so um, I wanted to get out of the digs I was in anyway. And any excuse I could find was useful, so um, I put a case to my parents that I wanted to move into a flat. Um, so we moved in in early January. I think the paint yeah. was still drying on the ceiling when we moved <laughs> in. It had only just been made ready. We bought the house together in 1984, so that's five years later. About that, yeah, five years. We didn't declare uh, that we were a couple at the time we got that mortgage, no. Um... I don't know what the sub what they may or may not have read into it, but they were prepared to do business with us as two, from their as far as they were concerned, two single men. As a gay man living in a neighbourhood, um, I found I've tended to move around quite a lot um, from rented accommodation or to stay with friends or share houses, so that I've never been in any one place for more than maybe two years at a go. So I found I've never got to know the neighbours particularly other than to say hello or good morning or good evening. 
um, if they're passing in or out. Um, and I've never found any reason really, I suppose, to get involved with neighbours. I, I dare say if I had children, it would be different. They would be in with children in the neighbourhood or climbing in next door. Uh, and certainly if my nieces or nephews come to stay or come for the afternoon, yes, then I'll find I have more interaction with the neighbours than I've had maybe in the previous couple of weeks or couple of months. We live and let live, but with children, children will obviously climb walls and go in and explore and have to be fetched back and balls will be kicked over walls. And yes, and if there are children in a neighbouring house, yeah, there'll be much more, there'll be much more contact. But otherwise, I find we lead a quite a separate life. Um, not by design, it's just the way, it's just the way it happens. When we moved into the house, um, I suppose we were so tied up with all the practicalities of moving in uh, that we never thought about that uh, or noticed anything and I think in all honesty we never uh, experienced any negative reaction from any of the neighbours uh, either at the time or subsequently um, if anything in later years the neighbours some of the newer people who have moved into the area uh, we've gotten on very very well with and uh, a very positive approach from them I think it's fair to say maybe that a lot of the time you don't have any experience with your neighbours one way or the other, either positive or negative. Most people are out all day, every day, so there was very little chance to to actually get to meet people. Um, By the time we left, I think we were the longest standing people in the, the particular group of houses where we were at the time. interesting you said I might walk you down the aisle because that comes up to the, the other question of this idea that in a, a homosexual relationship that one person plays the male the oh, get out of here and one person the, the female you know, how do you think or feel about that uh, I, I think that these notions of the male and the female and the masculine and the feminine are infinitely flexible for all of us, gay or straight, men or women. I think what's interesting about a gay life is that you really get to understand that head-on, just how much it really is a... It's almost like putting on a different suit of clothes, really. When When you're living a gay life, you're not quite so constrained by what's expected of you, so you have more... There's a little bit more space to explore other possibilities of self-expression. As a saxophone player, for example, um, I, I studied very hard with the sax. I worked very hard to get a very big, fat sound. I was playing a lot of blues and a lot of jazz. And I remember after a gig, a man might come up to me and say, God, you're a great sax player. I mean, you play like a man. Now, to me, I would just feel... Well, he means that as a compliment, and I, I, I would accept it as a compliment, but I just felt, felt that I played well, and I played with confidence, and I played with, he would say, balls. But I just, I played unafraid, you know. So I, in a way, um, I have been in a relationship in the past with a woman who I would describe as very butch, and I would have been more feminine in relation to her. 
And then I have been in another relationship where it was really quite the reverse of that. And it just fell out that way. Um, it's not something I give a great deal of thought to. I think in our relationship between Deborah and myself, I don't think there's much of a demarcation there. No, it's very fluid, very flexible, I think. Domestically, uh, we, we share and share alike in a lot of things. Um, things like dinner parties are a, a joint effort uh, where we try and play to our individual strengths. And um, I don't think opening something and putting it in a microwave, which is what we do most of the rest of the time, involves any particular role play one way or the other. Um, washing up, cleaning up. I mean, if you're talking about domestic-type chores, we sort of share. Um, I think apart from that, uh, maybe we're a little more separate in terms of the way we conduct a lot of our lives than a lot of relationships might typically be. Um, we don't, for example, sort of do joint books for the house or anything like that. It's... Um, we've, I think, arrived at a slightly, slightly different, uh, just domestic arrangement. Um, that sounds an awful lot more portentous than what I'm trying to say. Um, it's simply that we, I don't think that, again, it maybe it's come back, comes back to the level of consciousness that I'm not aware of any particular male or female role in in the way we, mm. our relationship happens. I, won't, I was going to say in the way we conduct our relationship, but we don't conduct our relationship. It, it happens, and the way it happens, there isn't a sense of, of roles or role play within it, mm. in that sense. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always struck me as rather um, funny when, when you ask that question, because uh, it seems to be a very popular um, misconception, I think, uh, with a lot of heterosexual people that, you know, for gay couples that one is sort of the wife in commas and the other is the husband, which has always struck me as a, a very peculiar way of thinking uh, about relationships. I suppose um, over the years what we've done is that because we have different abilities and different strengths in maybe different areas, we just naturally things have fallen to one person or another. So, um, you know, in practical terms, if some issue does come up, whatever, and, you know, that's quite new, we just sit down and figure out how to do it between us. You know, there's no, there's never been any arguments really of any major significance over that. I think there was always a tendency to look at gay relationships as inherently unstable and heterosexual relationships as inherently stable. There is the fact that we don't have society's support. We don't... We're not pinned in place. We don't always, or we do sometimes have children, which can be the, the, the thing that must hold a relationship Agreed, together. Yeah. Um, but I think we're as good at having relationships as anybody else. I think given the fact that perhaps the trend now for the last two decades has been for marriages not to last... Um, Perhaps one thing we're good at in homosexual life is, is knowing not only how to have relationships, how to end them well, how to stay mm. friends with your exes, how to be part of a, um, a community 
Those are the things I think we're quite good at. Rather than to death us to part. Mm. Which is unrealistic for most people these days anyway. We didn't plan this. This is just the way our relationship happened. It probably is unusual. Um, I suppose because there are no specific factors which force you to formalise a gay relationship in the same way as you would have to formalise a straight relationship, um, it is perhaps easier for such a relationship to to break up, um, perhaps with fewer pressures coming to bear, is one side of it. I would say one of the main reasons why gay relationships tend not to last is because they're so difficult to sustain. There's so little support for them. Um, it is. It can be difficult for people to, let's say, buy a house together, set up home together. Um, there can be... Many people will be concerned about the effect on their jobs, on their career prospects. Um, if they're not out to their family, what's what's going to happen when questions start to be asked and so on. I think those are the sorts of factors that militate against uh, a lot of long-term gay relationships. I would like to see gay relationships regarded or respected every bit as much as straight relationships, given the same amount of support, the same amount of encouragement, um, no different uh, from straight relationships, not special relationships, not different relationships, just a relationship, whether you choose to have your relationship with a partner of the opposite sex or the same sex. I would love to see them regarded just in the same light as natural and not worthy of comment even. But I have a feeling that's a long way down the line. Um, certainly, it is much easier, I think, to be a gay man now um, than, say, it was when I came out 10 years ago. Um, there are more publications, more newspapers, more media coverage. There are more visibly gay people, people that can be pointed to. Uh, David Norris is no longer the only gay man uh, in Ireland. Um, there are gay role models uh, on television. Um, there are gay people you work with, you live with, some of your relations, some of your family are gay. Um, I think there's much more openness uh, at present and I think it makes life a lot easier. So many more people can say, yes, I know a gay man, I know a lesbian. I may not know them very well, but I know they exist. They don't have two heads. They don't eat children. They don't molest children. Um, and so I think that makes it all the easier uh, for younger gay people coming out today. And it should get easier, I hope, as the years go by. Um, I have a niece and a nephew. And I love children. Um, I've done lots of babysitting and I would really like to have children of my own at some stage. Um, again, I'm working towards building a, a stable home, having um, a house, a good job, in order to be able to support children um, if I so wish to have them. And I would love to be in a stable relationship with another woman. And for the two of us um, to bring up ch children together... Um, 
I would like to say that having a father and a mother, having a father figure isn't necessarily all that important. There are certain elements which um, can be added. There are dimensions, you know, from the male point of view. But I don't think it would affect children. Um, I think providing a good home, um, safe, comfortable, um, giving emotional support, um, I think they're important things. And and being there for your children, you know, just basic things like that. So I don't see why it should be a problem. I'd like to see everyone, this is probably going to sound a bit mawkish, but I'd like to see everyone in a position where they could establish the relationship that they wanted to with the degree of involvement, the degree of commitment, the degree of integration that was right for them, rather than being hidebound or cast in a certain way which was maybe not suitable to their own requirements or their own nature. Um, I'd certainly like to see our relationship being a big so what as far as people who don't know us is concerned. Mm. That it's nothing special, nothing different, nothing unique. I'd also like to see it being as much as we want it to be uh, in terms of the level of recognition that it deserves, both so on the social, the legal, all the other aspects of it. I think I'd like to be taken for granted in the same way that a heterosexual couple would be taken for granted. Not to be extraordinary. Not to have to appear on a programme like this. Well, I feel the same. I don't know if I can add to that. Um, I don't know if it's that I want to be taken for granted. I would also like, as things are now, I would like the particular insights that lesbians and gay people can bring from their experience to be acknowledged that we're not just the same we never will be just the same we are different and although i would like to see far more integration into society as a whole i would also like to keep that 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 difference respected and appreciated because i think it is something that has the potential to offer a different perspective, a different viewpoint, a larger way of seeing things, perhaps, which is helpful. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.